I'm Angela McCann and this is the Jam Pod Gigsters, a Money for Jam podcast examining the impacts and trends around the gig economy and how it matters to your business today. The gig economy and gig work is becoming increasingly important within Africa as a potential pathway to socio-economic development as well as alleviating unemployment. But is the gig economy a realistic solution to addressing the severity of these challenges within South Africa? Well, that's exactly what I'm going to be discussing today with Georgie Midgley, who is the CEO of Money for Jam, one of South Africa's leading gig platforms. So stay tuned. Hi, Georgie, and welcome back to the Jam Pod Gigsters. It's nice to have you on the show again. Yes, it's so great to be back. Right, so first things first, Georgie, let's just acknowledge that this year has been absolutely insane from every aspect, from full-time employment to freelancing, outsourcing, gig working. It actually doesn't matter. It's impacted every single person globally. So what I want to ask you is what has COVID-19, what has this pandemic shown us about working digitally as well as digital gig work within South Africa? So I think... COVID-19 has had um, two kinds of impacts. Firstly, I think gig workers have been particularly hard hit by COVID. The fact that they couldn't earn an income, I think a lot of them don't have that safety net of full-time employment. So I do think a lot of gig workers have suffered during this time. That being said, I think that gig platforms are going to thrive post-COVID. So full employment um, has come under pressure too. And there's been a lot of retrenchments in South Africa and globally. So as a result of that, people are being forced to find alternatives. And this is where I think the gig economy is so valuable to people. That um, The other thing that is also very interesting is that COVID-19 has helped people realize that they want balance in their lives. They do want to be at home. They do want to help be there with their kids. And they want that flexibility of being their own boss. And that is what the gig economy does offer people, which is why it is so enticing. There's no denying that the gig economy is transforming the way that we work within Africa. Um, The digital economy is something that is happening. Africa is digitizing and it may not be taking place as fast as we want or in the areas that we expected it to. But Georgia can't be denied that that it still is transforming South Africa. My question to you is, when it comes to the actual gig economy, it's not just about digitization. It's also about mindset. And I think if there's one thing that COVID-19 and this lockdown has shown us is that we have to adapt the way that we think about work. What are your thoughts? You know, I think Africa uh, and South Africa in particular, we are very traditional in our thinking. We are we want a nine to five job. We want our monthly pay slip. And that is how we have all been brought up. And that's what we aspire to have. When you look at Europe and you look at the Americas, people work three jobs and they're not frowned upon for doing so. But I don't know anyone who earns enough money and people are used to in those countries doing more than one thing. However, in South Africa, employers frown upon moonlighting. So I do think from a thinking perspective, employers do need to evolve. I think having more than one job is going to become a reality for people. And it's not necessarily full-time jobs, but it is your hustles. Everyone wants to have a side hustle, whether it means you're an Uber driver on the weekend or cooking fit cook and selling it before you get to work. People need to have a side hustle because we are all struggling to make ends meet at the end of the month. Um, When looking at Africa, I think... Africa is in the unique situation is that we didn't have computers and access to internet and haven't evolved through the digital age like other continents. We've kind of been 
ex not to be derogatory, but in the dark ages for a longer mm. time. Um, and, uh, you know, because we haven't had access to the, the technology that other continents have had. And now that we've been empowered with a mobile device, it is unlocking the potential of Africa. And that's why I think the gig economy will thrive in your places where that are a little bit more developing, um, such as your Indias, Indonesias, and Africa. So, you know, with the jury still out, but um, a mobile device is going to change the way we do things in Africa and give us access to information and opportunity that much quicker. Okay, but now in saying that, Considering that within Africa, we we have a lot more unemployed, informal market people, communities, let's rather put it that way, right? When it comes when it comes to mobile devices and and obviously data and that kind of stuff, doesn't that have a massive impact on them and their ability to be part of the gig economy? Connectivity is the biggest thing. And like you say, it is not, it's the device in your hand and the data on that phone to connect you to these opportunities. Uh, funny enough, when it comes to devices, there are millions of smartphones going into South Africa alone um, mm. every month. So I think we, from our personal perspective as Money for Jam, device has not been a problem. We we can't explain it, we don't try and explain it, but if a, um, somebody has got a task to complete, one of our jobbers, and they need a smart device, they find one. And there is a there is a big sharing economy in your more rural areas in that if I've got a smartphone and I know that you can make money using the smartphone today, I will happily lend it to you. So getting your hands on a smart device uh, is, you need to have one in your hand, but I also don't think it's that unattainable anymore. I think there are a lot of them around, and I think it's getting easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper. I mean, the, we saw a fantastic smartphone the other day for a couple of hundred rand. So it really is becoming something that is more affordable than it ever was. Connectivity, on the other hand, you know, we do have incredibly high data rates in South Africa, and I think it will start coming down. But I think the networks are also coming to the party. They are starting to zero rate a lot of the training apps. And I think they'll start looking at um, zero rating earning opportunities too. Things like if you're an Uber driver or an Airbnb um, and like a Money for Jam, already some of the, the networks have zero rated us to make um, our jobbers have easy access to those opportunities, those earning opportunities, which will help turn South Africa around. Right, so Georgie, one of the main forms of gig work here in South Africa that businesses or employers are, are more familiar with is that of crowdsourcing, where, um, you know, there's information gathering on the community as a means to address humanitarian matters or even as a means to address the challenge of unemployment by offering work in the form of microtasks. Now, in a depressed economy such as ours, um, I mean, I think over lockdown, according to Stats SA, 2.2 uh, million jobs were lost. So, and that certainly does not help by by improving our economy, obviously. So, Georgie, how important are gig platforms for South Africa? So, I think, you know, when unemployment rates are high, um, people are looking for other opportunities. So, there are all sorts of platforms which could cater to um, the needs of an individual. So, you know, and a lot of them are around um, 
sweating existing assets. So if you have a car, become an Uber driver. If you have a, a spare room in your house, rent it out on Airbnb. And I think a lot of these gig platforms are focused on taking your existing infrastructure that you own and helping you leverage it so that you can earn an income. Um, then there are other platforms that leverage your skills. So you do get a sweep south that you can then connect, whether it's to a plumber, to a domestic worker, um, and they can come to your house. Um, and a lot of them, like a task rabbit, you can connect to someone who has got a, you require a graphic designer, an engineer. Um, so I think your more skilled side is going to become definitely going to emerge more post COVID-19. So you're going to find a lot more skilled labor is going to be available on a gig basis. Uh, when it comes to your more lower skills, such as what we do in Money for Jam, I think that's also going to grow because we do have a problem in South Africa with high unemployment, but we also have an education problem. So there are a lot of um, our jobbers, as an example, are have only got a matric. So they do struggle to get um, more formal employment. Uh, and I think we offer those opportunities to them as they side hustle while they are trying to upskill mm. themselves. Which is actually a great example of the difference between, let's say, freelancing to to crowdsourcing or microjobbing, where freelancers are generally um, more educated, more skilled, they're graphic designers, web developers, etc. Whereas crowdsourcing and microjobbing, um, it's really focused more on on the less educated communities, um, ones with more unemployment. But when it comes to adoption of the gig economy, would you say that employers or businesses would have more capacity for freelancing as opposed to wanting to take up crowdsourcing? Well, the interesting thing is when we um, first took over Money for Jam, people didn't even know what the gig economy was. The fourth mm. industrial Revo revolution was quite a new term. Um, something like crowdsourcing, people had heard of it but didn't understand it. It is now part of our day-to-day -day life. If I say crowdsourcing to my near 70-year-old mother, she knows exactly what I'm talking about. So is it here to stay? I think so. And the main reason is, you know, we are quite a, um, a special country in that we have very developed areas and very underdeveloped areas. And we know exactly what's going on in your more urban areas, but no one has a clue what's going on in your outskirts and your more right. um, far reaching areas. And that's where the power of crowdsourcing is absolutely phenomenal. So to gather information on areas that are hard to reach, too expensive to get to, um, to send someone around in a car and endanger them while they have to travel, um, it's just no longer worth it. So crowdsourcing not only helps you gather that information you need faster, more accurate, and at a, a much cheaper cost, but you're also empowering the people who live in that area to actually earn an income. So you can actually kill two birds with one stone because you're actually helping people and you're actually getting the information you require. And I think that's what's sustainable about it because you actually doing it in traditional ways can't compete with the speed and accuracy and cost of crowdsourcing. So, so although there are massive benefits of um, digital work in the gig economy, developing countries such as ourselves, like in South Africa, we face significant barriers in respect of digital labour. Can you just give us a few examples of those of of those challenges? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, a gig worker is an independent contractor. They do not have the safety employment. So they do not get the benefits of being formally employed. So they don't get, um, you know, 
UIF, they have to would have to cover for themselves. You know, everything from paying your own tax, medical benefits, none of those apply. But the big one is they don't get the labor laws um, and the protection provided to them by South Africa's labor laws afforded to them because mm. they are to work on a gig by gig basis. And I think, you know, the sadness around the gig economy is that it is so powerful, but it's also open to exploitation. And that is where you've got to be a responsible platform um, and make right. sure that, you know, you address these issues head on. Yeah. Listen, I completely understand the the massive benefits and the massive opportunities that that gig work can actually present to to fellow South Africans. But I want to play devil's advocate just for one second. We are living in a country like South Africa that doesn't have employment opportunities. They don't have jobs. Okay, so the gig economy is providing opportunities for the unemployed to be able to earn some sort of income. So it's not like these communities are choosing not to work. It's they, there is no work. So there's a lot of argument that's been going around about that the government should be responsible for providing um, benefits and stuff to gig workers to to ensure them against job loss and income loss. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that the regulation around gig kind of gig work, let's just say, is it hasn't evolved in any country yet. And I think mm. um, w- where we are very far behind is that we have absolutely no policy. We barely even having the discussions about it. And I think that's because the gig workers percentage is not as big as, let's say, in America, where, uh, you know, it's a much higher percentage than in South Africa, where it's kind of new and we're quite slow adopters when it comes to the gig economy. That being said, as as you pointed out now, you know, people don't have a lot of opportunity, particularly in your more outlying areas. And in the areas we've gone to, people are tired of being trained. You can't mm. keep training people and then not providing them the opportunity to earn an income, which is where the gig economy is just um, can play such an important role. But where I do agree with you is the government needs to look at adopting the gig economy. Countries like India, Indonesia, um, I think it is even Kenya, have, the governments themselves have adopted the gig economy because they realize, firstly, the power of leveraging the crowd, and secondly, the monitoring and, and reporting and transparency of using a digital system because there is no gray. So these those countries are actually using, if they have to have all the lawns mode across the entire country, they gig it out. Um, and mm. a fair and equitable way of, you know, providing employment to as many people as possible. So where I do agree is that I think government does need to start looking at this because it is going to become a larger percentage of our population that will start gigging. So policy and regulation does need to catch up so that we can protect our gig workers and that they aren't open to exploitation. Well, from a governmental point of view, do you know if there's if there's any inroad into the government actually looking at this? I mean, like, is this something they're taking seriously or they're just turning a blind eye? No, it definitely is something that they're looking at. And I think with the huge focus on the fourth industrial revolution, the next piece of that is the gig, one area of that is the gig economy. So uh, I've been to a number of things that government functions where we do discuss the gig economy in detail and the the advantages of using gig workers versus formal employment. And a lot of the tenders coming out at the moment used to have that you had to employ a thousand people formally. Now it's changing from 
a thousand people formally into a thousand people with op give opportunity to a thousand mm. people. So I do think that the South African government is thinking about it seriously. However, I think they are aware of the fact that the, the labor relations um, don't cover those individuals. And that is a big concern for them. Yeah, just to um, go back to the discussion around around policies, there is a massive increase in the amount of people that are entering into the gig gig economy, gig market. Um, and with that, there's a massive demand now for, for the rights of these gig workers to be protected. Now, if it's not solely the government's responsibility, whose shoulders do, does, does that responsibility fall on to provide these policies to protect gig workers, ensure fair working conditions, guidelines, etc.? So we work very closely with the Fair Work Foundation um, around how do we provide all the benefits of being an employee while remaining a gig worker. Personally, I believe it's up to the platforms to, mm -hmm. to make sure that they are responsible around how they engage with those gig workers. We have a look at how it's all about how you price it how much you make those people work, the standards, everything that you provide to those individuals in order to complete that specific gig or task, you need to make sure that they are not um, being taken advantage of. So although, yes, it does sit with, let's say, the, the client, but you, it's not up to an Uber passenger to decide how that Uber driver is treated. It's up to Uber. Uh, and similarly for us, it's not up to our clients who want to crowdsource information um, to dictate how the crowd is treated. It is up to us, the platform that that controls that connection to make sure that they're not being taken advantage of. So, and I think poli uh, companies like Fair Work really do assist in helping putting the right policies and procedures in place to make sure that people are treated fairly. Right. Do you think that that the need for crowdsourcing within South Africa um, is is growing? Do you think it's going to become a, a demand for most for most businesses? Again, I think it's a change management thing. I think there is a huge demand for it already, but I think it's also it's a change of mindset that why do it the traditional way when you could do it um, the the digital way, the way using the crowd that just makes it that much more efficient. So I think, yes, the need for it will definitely grow as people's mindsets change. And we are, like I say, slow adopters. But once we see the benefits of something, um, South Africans are quite quick to adopt. So I do think that the um, need for crowdsourcing is just going to grow. Yeah, because crowdsourcing actually does bring innovative possibilities. However, the realization of its potential within South Africa is slow and in some instances unknown. And maybe this is due to a lack of um, awareness. But Georgie, why should companies consider crowdsourcing? So um, the key thing about crowdsourcing is the speed at which you can gather the information and the cost saving. I think speed and costs are two things that, um, you know, you can't actually put a value to how much time it takes to drive someone around a country and put them at risk. The second thing is that it allows people to access areas that are very difficult and hard to reach. And that holds a lot of value for a lot of companies that they to get into areas that they were previously found inaccessible. So, right. the key, yeah, so it's around cost, speed and access to markets. And I think having access to a crowd who you can leverage the power of that crowd, you know, you can leverage off their skills, their intelligence. Everyone's got different skill sets that you can then tap into um, at a much easier, more efficient um, 
um, in a much easier, more efficient way. So based based on this past year and how the pandemic seriously has accelerated the gig economy, what have we learned this year moving forward into next year and what and what can we expect within the gig economy? So I think that the emergence of a number of gig platforms is going to um, it's going, they're going it's going to be accelerated in 2021 and you know even though it might be considered competitors to us the more people who are playing in that space the better because right. as more competitors come into the space the the more people's mindsets are going to change and realize how much a gig platform could change the way that they do business so i do think that everything from your high skilled to your um low skilled gig platforms will emerge as well as those more platforms that will be um, available so people can uh, leverage off their existing assets. Uh, people are short of money. It is a reality. Yeah. And gig platforms give them that opportunity to make some extra cash. And uh, I think it's going to be everyone from everyone who's got formal jobs to those who are unemployed to the housewives that are shopping and are going to make a couple of extra bucks. I think it is going to become the norm that people will be doing having a side hustle. Yeah, Georgie, you know, I think I think prior to, to COVID-19, there was a huge question mark around the gig economy, gig platforms, gig work, etc. And as and it's probably one of the reasons why there was so many feelings of trepidation for businesses to enter into any sort of partnership with gig companies. But having lived through a year like we have all lived through this year with this pandemic, if there's if there's one thing that has really come out is that digital transformation innovation and the ability to adapt really has been the key to businesses survival. So moving into 2021, wouldn't you agree with me that the relationship between companies and gig platforms and gig workers should really be viewed as as a symbiotic one in order for businesses to remain relevant, um, for gig workers to to earn some sort of income or have some opportunity to earn to earn income, and then obviously for the gig platforms to to remain sustainable. I think the big joke was that what digitally transformed your business was it your CEO, your CTO, or was it COVID? And for ninety <laughs> percent of companies, all the things that we thought we couldn't do, we are now doing. I mean, if I just look at my finance team, we did a digital financial audit this year. Something that if I'd said to my CFO, "Can you do this?" he would have looked at me and laughed. And I think in the world that we are in now, the world has changed. People are now realizing that there are other ways of doing things that aren't the way we've always done it in the past. So when it comes to how we're going to make these platforms more sustainable, I think just COVID alone is one of the key reasons why these platforms will be sustainable because people have opened their minds. They are realizing there are different ways to do things and that we can um, tackle the same problem in a different manner and, you know, have balance in our lives and have multiple jobs and have access to a crowd without having to get them into a room and get them here from all over the country. So I think the sustainability of these platforms comes from the fact that people realize that they do need to digitally transform their businesses. And if they don't, their business will not be here in a couple of years' time. And one of the easiest and fastest ways to do that is leverage off platforms that crowdsource. Scary times, but exciting nonetheless. Georgie, thank you so much again for joining us. Um, and we hope that you have a fantastic day.
Great, thank you so much for having me. Moving into 2021, we can expect the gig economy to become even more prevalent. Gig work is definitely emerging as a satisfactory practice for corporate use, as is evident in the increasing number of companies who are realizing the power of the crowd. Whether it's to solve business challenges, gain insights, or wanting to expand operations into informal markets. In the long term, this could actually become a standard business model. There is no doubt that the gig economy can add massive value to South Africa as well as South Africans. And knowing that, we foresee many more gig platforms entering the South African market. So ask yourself, what benefits could your business acquire by using the power of the crowd? And how will it change and secure what you do in the future? I'm Angela McCann, and this is the Jampod Gigsters, the home of everything gig.